hi so let's go around the room and you're like well i i'm the fucking degenerate i mean sorry i'm the technical sme on the product uh, on the project and i'll be and you're just like what the fuck welcome to game of notes a weekly podcast on the cosmos from independent validator teams Hello, apparently it's nine o'clock and welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the Cosmos from independent validator teams. Um, and once again, we've got special guest Null with us uh, all the way from Australia. So expect a bit of uh, of lag. Um, also, you know, again, we can kind of weirdly see how are you enjoying the standing desk, Null. I'm sitting down. You actually sitting down. <laughs> how, long, how long did that last? Wait, wait, hold a second. How long is your body? <laughs> what? Yeah, from no, the mirror behind no. you, it really does look like you're standing. It does. Oh, there you go. Oh, it does. See, the chair is oddly shaped like you're... A, I mean, it kind of looked like look, you're... I'm not, not going to lie. This this chair is fucking garbage. I hate it. It's it's terrible. It, it's my uh, it's my partner's chair, and it's like one of those racing car chairs, and it fucking sucks. So, um, yeah... <laughs> It's not great, like but you know, chair. I just got her. I just got her back for having a shitty chair when I made a coffee. Her retainer thing was in a cup, and I accidentally filled it with milk. So, <laughs> does it at least have like a like a PlayStation One style steering wheel or something that you can use? Can you, no, no, you, it's, it's good. It's can got you like SSH using the, the steering wheel? It's got patterns in the pleather. Pleather, pleather. Yeah, it's not leather. I get a sweaty asshole every day. Looking at our view account, it looks like everyone has completely given up on us. <laughs> this is fight, this is the final final straw in the uh, in the bear market saga. Well, you know, um, we started yeah. with zero. We're back to zero. It's kind of the shitcoin journey. The the you know, like you know the the, the Joe. What's the name of the guy? The Joseph. Um, you know the hero's journey, like the the archetypal several types of story that are just told. And Joseph told Campbell. Joseph, of course, of fucking course, Shultzy knows. Of course, Shultzy knows that. That is exactly the kind of fact that I'm just like, yeah, Shultzy should know that. Yeah, that checks out. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's like a Joseph Candle thing. So, but instead of like the the hero's journey, it's like the shitcoin's journey. It starts off at zero, goes up really quickly at the beginning, thanks to largely exogenous factors. In our case, probably Prop 16, tail end of the spiciest drama in maybe in the cosmos overall. I don't know. And then uh, it's just been a long, slow slide from there on, on onwards to, to where we are now. Somebody would say, was it, who was it that posted that chart of, was it Metal, the, the, the blockchain? Yeah. Where the price chart was just like basically back down to zero, then flat, 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 slow flat, flat, slide. Flat. It's like, I mean, it's really, it's really like every Cosmos chain right now for the most part. Like they're all at different rates of decline, but they're all kind of in the slow slowly edging out <laughs> slowly edging towards slowly zero, edging but... out now now to to our on the other side of that we have done zero marketing we just put a tweet out literally when this started well no reminder but so and, what i was going to say yeah that, that 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 chart that was shared you may recall that there was a funny thing at the end of the chart yeah which is that right right at the end of the oh, chart yeah. right on the far left of the price chart there was a big buy, like a massive whale. Purchase. There was a believer in there. Just some real believer. <laughs> and I kind of feel like with Game of Nodes, we're, we're still a long way before we, we reach that that whale moment when people start buying back in. So we're going to be here broadcasting throughout this bear market and beyond. For folks listening on the podcast, I would say that our downloads continue to increase. 
the number of <laughs> the number of people that actually download every week continues to go up and it actually ended a little bit of a trajectory so even though it show, show up live um we are more people are tuning in or at least starting the up maybe it's a three seconds like oh this shit and they hang up but that but hey we'll take the viewer count there well i think there is some evidence that i mean certainly with youtube based streams and podcasts that one of the biggest things you need is a large corpus of content before the algorithm starts recommending you. And we also have the problem that we say fuck all the time. And so we get de, uh, delisted and demonetized and we get kind of hell banned. So it probably makes sense that our YouTube is always going to be a bit of a tough sell because we get, uh, we're always getting shadow banned for my language specifically. Um, What's and- interesting about that my- actually is that I, I, purposefully held off on the explicit tag on a, on a bunch of our episodes, actually 99% of our episodes. And I never tagged the actual podcast as explicit. And then just last week, I was like, why the fuck am I like, why the hell am I doing this? Who gives a shit? Like we, we don't want anybody near 18 wants, nobody should be involved in this shit. If you're, if you're that young anyway, so who cares? And I added it. And then the numbers went up. So yeah, maybe, baby. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know what maybe, maybe it wasn't hundred percent tied. But maybe He's like no, there's no profanity. I don't want to listen to that shit. That's I'm, not a world I want to live in. <laughs> I only filter on explicit. It's uh, I don't know. My feeling is true. I, 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 you've traveled across America now. Don't come now. With the spice. You're a, you're a, you're a man of the world, or at least a man of North America. I, I feel like on the whole, um, it's generalization. My impression of traveling across America is that Americans don't like profanity. They they more than other English-speaking countries. Did I tell you that I had a long conversation with an Amish on the train? You did, yes. So I dropped many FNC bombs while I was talking to that Amish, and (laughs) he did not seem phased at all. He was just interested in what I had to say about fucking nothing. (laughs) He probably was just astonished that, Australia was in fact a real place. He he may so have been scared. All the way across the ocean. Like just, just nod and smile. Just nod he and smile. He was pol- politely backing away. <laughs> I was like, like, like advancing. <laughs> hey man, I tell you about this crypto shit. <laughs> I could I jump off this train? I, I had a weird, like a, a really, a really short but weird interaction with an Amish person on the train. And I, I genuinely it was the first time I ever seen an Amish person in my life. And I was totally stunned by it. Um, and I, this was back when I used to use Twitter as myself back in the real world, um, long before crypto. Uh, and I, I just tweeted something like, holy fuck, I just had a weird interaction with an Amish person on the train. And an Amish person fucking tweeted me back being like, fucking, all right, don't be a bigot against Amish people, we fucking prick. We take trains. And I was like, oh, hold on, what? <laughs> like, and, and you use fucking Twitter. <laughs> and you use fucking Twitter. Like, like I'm not, I am... Given that I've only just met an Amish person for the first time, I am not an expert in the Amish, but I, I'm pretty certain that Twitter is off the fucking menu, lads. Um, but some Look, googling man, revealed uh, that some people consider the mobile phone to be a type of telephone, to be a type of telegraph, which then gets you back in the building, and yes, you're, you're fucking sorted. It's all so, fucking loopholes, right? Yeah, desktop Dude, PC, I- no fucking chance, but telephone which is basically a telegraph will get you in the door with a mobile phone and you're on twitter yeah me as a racist and i'm like i was i was maybe. talking to this lad for a while and they uh 
they 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 play fast and loose with those fucking rules, let me tell you. Like your man had a one of those mobile phones at his like uh chair and but it had like the dock, you know, like the old candy bar fucking thing with no nothing on it and it's just like text and call, like an old like uh Motorola fucking thing that you almost need to bag yeah, you for. You can still text. That's, that's or Im- you, immediately you text, fucking yeah. suspect. I mean, He's, Twitter is just texting to everyone, right? <laughs> well, I mean, well, the reason it's originally 140 characters is the is because of the whatever it is 155 character um, spare space, isn't it, on the ping from the the cell tower? Okay. <laughs> so, like, the, S, you know, SMS is. Is that true? Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Fucking hour explanation. So you know your you know your phone call uh, your phone calls home. So for those listening, it's it's something like you need to fact check this to get the exact details. It's something like your phone um, is always pinging cell, t- cell towers to find out like wh- where the nearest one is and what network it's on. Blah blah blah. Um, in that packet of data, it has a bit of extra space, and and that is the the, the spare space is the SMS, and it's it's some it's something like that. And it's also why you know if you're at like a big concert, like a festival or something like that. And you try and um, text your mates and say, "Oh, we're at the front by the fucking white guy with the massive dreadlocks." It was a tool concert, um, viewers. It was a tool concert. Um, surprise, surprise! You, your texts ain't going to fucking arrive because there's um, five. Well, first of all, there's, there's two problems with that that concert. Number one is there's five thousand people trying to tell each other where they are at the Hammersmith Apollo in relation to Adam Jones's sick guitar tones, but also in the average tool concert of 5,000 people, there are 3,200 white guys with dreadlocks. So that landmark is completely useless to you. Um, but the cell tower, the nearest cell tower is overloaded. So nobody's text gets through. I used to have dreadlocks and really enjoy tool. Still do. What? No, you didn't. Dude, I would love you to see did that. did not have dreadlocks. I can show you a photo in oh, private. <laughs> I absolutely, yeah, I need to see it. Like, I, I, didn't see it. I was having a pretty I good day as well. And I was just thinking, my day's gone okay. I'm not sure it could get any better. And now, you know, my cup runneth over, man. <laughs> Looking forward to this already. <laughs> I do want to see that. I won't, I won't put it up on here because it will get like proliferated throughout the internet if i do because i'm a scumbag yes it will so that's a good idea um but i will then ask you this sir what is the best tool album i like the last one that they did i don't know the name of it but it was the good one what uh fear inoculum Inoculum. yeah i I really like it yeah me too mine's lateralis i think that's or Ten Thousand days Ten Thousand days i'm one of those Look, I'm one of those guys who listens to like lots of different genres and bands, but never really knows the names of any of the songs or albums. You're, you're a man who listens yeah. to the Like a Version show on Triple J. <laughs> and I, I love that. that. Is, hey, that is your favorite. So, no, so genre I, is Like a Version on Triple J. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, I don't know how you can't love that shit, man. I just love like, um, the uh like just the band's different flavor on all of them. I, I love it. it you serve a, do you ever watch any of the fucking the ones that i send through or you just yes. like oh it's another another like a version video fuck no there i was a, you sent me one a, 
it's always at the same time because it's like in the middle of my night, like in the middle of your night or something. So it's like you're up too late. And then I get like this random link of a like a version. And then like what I do, I used to just click on it and just watch it. And then now what I do is I jump ahead like four minutes after they get in to actually see what the hell's going to go on. Because that one that you sent me, which I will put the link in the show notes, I will find that one that it started weird. and It just got off the rails. Like it was really that one with like the <laughs> naked dudes, not naked, but they're like, like all greased up and they're like. I was like, what the fuck are you sending me? It was like three in the morning. I was like, what are you sending me? They're doing whites and Stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> Link will be so, in the show so, to this one. There's another one that I'm, I'm sure I said you. It's um, it's Peking Duck doing this cover of, I can't remember the fucking song. But um, just the, there's this dude like with all this curly hair. He's like the front man for uh, Peking Duck. Yeah. Like, there's this other chick. I'm pretty sure she's not even like normally in the band, right? And she's doing the singing, doing a really good job. But this this other dude is on the guitar and he's like taller than everyone else. He's got this fucking mane of hair coming off him, right? <laughs> yeah. And then and then like he's just so fucking extra. He is just whenever I'm like having a shit morning, I like I put that song on, hype me up. I just watch this guy's energy enter the room and I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> it's uh it's pretty epic oh. uh, you'd remember it if you watched it you probably fucking I, i'm trying it. to i usually that, yeah, one, that one i was trying to block out but now that we'll make sure it's it in the uh in the show notes for the show so if you uh if you want it to check be. it out at you can home all be. on your own time uh you can see Noel's Noel's extra man um <laughs> one of the oh, i can't remember if it's a like a version or if it's just a live session on australian radio show but i love one of, one of my favorite ones, well, obviously, to be fair, there are some really good Leica versions, and actually, I'm slagging it off, but I actually also spent some time on that YouTube channel. It's really good. Um, I I think it, I think it's like a version, but I can't remember. There's I'm obviously a big fan of the Australian progressive rock band Carnival, um, and one of my favorite moments is there. They do a live, they do a stream, like a live session, and then right at the end, um, as they finish, I think it's the song Aeons, uh, Eons, eons it must be eons actually um off of asymmetry like it's really emotional it's like about the end of the world it's about like kind of the end of uh, the end of mankind from like a, a plague or something like that and you get right to the end and the singer ian kenny everybody's like sort of wrapping up and he steps away from the mic but the mic is still hot and uh-huh. he just goes i reckon that was the tits <laughs> <laughs> And it just gets picked up by the mic. And that's literally the last thing you hear before the video ends is the last thing you see. And you're like, they're, they're an Australian there band. What there can you is. fucking say? That's, that's fucking, yeah, that's part of the fucking course of the lads. Too funny. Yeah, mute. So, yeah, what's happening? What's happening in the cosmos? I I literally, at the, at the moment, I am, I'm, I'm nine to fiving my cosmos experience which is that I'm doing core one work behind the scenes and checking in with people and stuff. But I have come off Twitter for a little bit because it's just a bit, it's a bit silly. So yeah. um, other than uh, Bendy basically really. sending me fucking what Atom Accelerator is doing, it's like, this is what we did. Uh, that's, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> earlier today. Well, because there, there, there was some, I can't remember who it was. Um, somebody had, had got, somebody had got in touch that, um, Juno had funded to do some really specific work around supporting Cosmosm. Um, I think it was recently, or is this in the past? Yeah, I think I feel like it might have been subquery actually because they were on the show, and that does ring a bell. You can tell that I've had I've I've worked an eight-hour day before coming on this because I am even more scary than usual. But um, 
yeah, it was something like that. And it was just like, what was it like what, working with them? And I was just like, no, eh, you know, anybody's asking you for money. They're really nice to you until you give them the money. Um, <laughs> then they're a fucking asshole. <laughs> they're fuck yeah, off. To be fair, pretty nice afterwards as well because you've given them the money. But, you know, it's just, uh, you know, whether or not that's actually useful to you is obviously uh, – this is the kind this is the kind of really lucid um consultative advice you'll get from me by the way if you do actually if if you do actually ever work work with me in professional context uh this is the kind of real cutting insight that that i can give your your be nice before you get the money and shortly thereafter you get the money is that your advice yeah i mean i mean it also that's that's a cautionary advice i would give to a company of any size going through a, a tender or due diligence process um, definitely being a dick before you get the money is a is a pretty although in in validator teams that happens all the time there's i i love we were just talking about we were just talking about like how like teams are yelling at projects about delegations and like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> Like we're just laughing about that in channel because it's it's always interesting to have when like maybe some partial delegation comes out or the team's not done or they haven't figured it out and some of those go out and everybody who's not in that list just like some people are just like oh whatever you know like maybe get asked behind the channels or maybe it hasn't happened yet and you have some patience and some people are like what the fuck are you doing man like <laughs> where's where's my delegation like what the fuck and and uh, it always makes me laugh to say well maybe maybe you should be nice before you get the delegation and then ask later about that. Well, and the great part about this week was that they even decided to run like an impromptu poll on like who thought the current delegation system was okay. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's just really, that's advanced uh, snark is what that is. That's advanced <laughs> fucking passive aggressive behavior that is. And then, and then actually the, then Crow's Nest, the bro came out and said, he's like, and this validator is running at 0%. It didn't make a fucking difference anyway. Like, what are you, what are you worried about delegation for? Like it's coming at 0%. Like what the fuck? It's just weird. Like that was like, why would you number one hit zero percent and you're yelling about my lack of foundation delegation? Got to get to the top, bro. That's, that's the that's the that's name of the game. Right get there. to the top. Get to the top. I want my name on top. Hey, uh, before we go too far off onto the cosmos land, uh, I want to talk about some other bullshit. And uh, that is, do you guys know Corey Taylor personally? No, like from the internet. You know who I'm talking about? No, I have no idea who you're talking about. The the Slipknot guy. The fray probably oh. knows. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. So I thought there was some other Corey Taylor, like some fucking crypto guy that No, you're like, oh my god. It's <laughs> like is that the one of the guys that implemented solidity? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he does a uh like a concert of covers called Hated. It's recorded on YouTube. Watch it as well, man. It's got some fucking good songs in there. That guy's amazing, actually. He's got a fantastic voice. And he's, he's got a, really he's got a crypto guy name to it, too, Corey Taylor. And he's really a not a dick. Oh, maybe not a crypto yeah. guy. Then. I, I've just yeah, been listening to shitloads of everything, everything <laughs> recently. That's that's just been my the the fucking surrealness of, of, <laughs> of Jonathan Higgs's lyrics is just where my head is right now. Just where you hit it. Well, like there's a there's a great like like I was listening to uh, just before I did this I was uh, just just earlier I was finished off some writing work again one of my many fucking gigs um, and uh, I was listening to the one of their the single or the lead single of their first album My Keys Your Boyfriend um, and there's a line in it something like uh, the whole song is about an argument in a pub between 
a guy, the, the protagonist, who is confronting what is implied to be the ambiguously former lover of his girlfriend, right? And there's a line in that something like, hey, are you guys together? Oh, I've just seen your torso on the floor. I guess you're separated. Um, it just, his fucking lyrics are just insane. They're amazing. Um, because if you, the lyrics don't make any sense, right? And then you, you, the, what the thing is about, the song is actually about is having a mundane fight in a pub, probably in Oldham, because it's based in Greater Manchester. Sorry, Oldham. Um, maybe Eccles, could be Eccles, could be Wangie's Bar in Eccles. Um, sorry, Wangie's Bar in Eccles. That was, <laughs> sorry, really, that was like the most hyper-specific reference I've ever made. <laughs> I once saw, so this is another hyper-specific reference. If you know who Bez is, I once shot um, a news article, like, as a photographer, shot a news article about Bez running for political office at Wangie's Bar in Eccles, one of the strangest freelance gigs I've ever done in my entire life. Anyway, what it becomes obvious is that this is just a bar fight, right? But what actually happens while they've been having a bar fight, they haven't been watching the news and uh, nuclear war has broken out between presumably Russia and the rest of the world or something. And actually, uh, the, the the pub has just been caved in by a nuclear shockwave. And so the, the song is about the protagonist coming to the realization that he is about to die because the building is collapsing but he's sort of laughing to himself about the surrealness of the situation. And that's quite quite a typical sort of level of an everything, everything song where it looks like it's a breakup song. And then you read more closely and you're like, there's all these references to the wall disintegrating and the people around him being ripped to pieces in a nuclear fireball. I don't think they're just like angry and fighting each other with pool cues. I think they actually are being ripped <laughs> apart by a nuclear fireball. Um, <laughs> amazing band, amazing band. Anyway, um, <laughs> Drill tweet of the week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're going up to the drill tweet of the week. Uh, yeah. I, you, you missed it. On one of the weeks when you were off, Noel, there was actually a situation where I used a drill tweet in anger, but that was another. Um, okay, so. I watched when, when I was off. I was still watching. I was just driving. Have you, there's, uh, he did drilled as a second book, and there's an ama- there was briefly a meme on YouTube where some of the funniest stories from the second drill book, people got the um, M&M voice thing you know you can feed it lines and it will wrap them like yeah. M&M to to read out the stories and there's this amazing one about drill trying to buy a car and there's this line in it where it says something like the salesman took one look at me and realized that i was a no good piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> oh no that's it the salesman took one look at me and decided that i was not to be taken seriously that's, that's the line that's what it is fucking love that just like <laughs> like the story of my fucking life like no matter what i do i, I feel like that is perennially my fucking problem <laughs> um, classic <laughs> okay so the, the the section is hollywood and uh the tweet is my regular life and my ocean's 11 fan fiction life have collided in a horrible fireball i'm not sure i fully get that one but i'm sure its wisdom will reveal itself to me um, over time also there's this th- i don't know if you can see there's a massive fly just flying around right by my head which is really fucking i thought we got rid of that segment it's um the, it keeps well, going back someone keeps mentioning back. it Someone keeps okay, mentioning it. just keeps being relevant is the is the problem so um so what's happening this week a couple of network launches this week right say right? launched uh yesterday no not saying not yet fashion 
fashionably late. still not live yet. Not live. Not live yet. Yeah. Uh, wait, Nolis, right? Is that yeah, what it was? Nolis. 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 Nolis was fun too. What's it, that one what's, was brutal. What is it? What is Nolis again? Uh, I believe that's margin lending, um, kind of like in the vein of Quasar, where um, Quasar. 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 <laughs> is that what we decided it's called? <laughs> that's we we <laughs> as in the rest of the world. Yes, we've all decided that it's Quasar. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think it, I think it's margin we, lending. Uh, margin lending. Yeah, I think so. Using ICA and stuff. Okay. Why, why was it why was it so interesting start the, the launch was hilarious because uh like just a couple of rando validators seem to have an infinite amount of fucking tokens and so um, in genesis yeah and was it a mistake no but like so i can't remember the validator they, they were real pissy because i was like up them but um one of the <laughs> validators uh just delegate everyone had one one yeah, token, yeah, right? Yeah. And this guy delegated like a million tokens to himself. <laughs> and left. Then I guess died. Well, it's just like the whole network was just this one dude. And um <laughs> and then like uh everyone got up him and he's like, I was just testing my butts. And I was like, What? <laughs> my my auto but compound was- dot shell. The, the funny thing is that, that that was his defense. He's like, oh, we, we, ju- we were testing our auto compound bots. And I'm like, so not only are you like, delegating not- a million tokens to yourself, you're testing bots with your fucking validator key. <laughs> like, that's not better, dude. Your good, auto good compound job. shell. He's like, bullshit. that was his defense, though. He's like, oh, we, we were testing our bots. I'm like, <laughs> testing my bots. You're just fucking kicking uh, yourself in the shin more did times. They, did they run an incentivized test net or how do they how do they determine like initial delegations and all oh, that? I think these guys bought tokens. They're one of those. Oh, they did. Uh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, won't say who they were. Like, I don't want to be. It's like the it's like the Figment style when you see a network launch and you see like somebody like Figment just like you never they come in after not spending any time on the network at all in any right. of the tests. Like they join, they join the Discord like, like the day yeah. of. <laughs> yeah, they just go wham, massive delegation. You know, like that meme with the uh, where the guy is just cycling along happily, and then he gets a stick and then looks at it and then puts it in the spokes of the bicycle, <laughs> and then is like the next picture as he's on the floor uh, and he's holding his leg, going ah, it's like that. Wasn't there yeah. another network where? Um, like an institutional team came in super late doors and then they were the reason it crashed on start. I feel like that happened not too long ago. feels like it happens all the time. I mean, it feels like it happens all the time, really, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It, it is pretty funny. That What's this fucking... Um, oh, the Dora hacks lately have just been oh, rolling yeah. up and going like I five think- minutes before the network starts and they're like, hi, yeah. I'm Dora hacks. How do I get into mainnet? They're like, right. come this way. <laughs> I, they they, they like, must be buying into sets too. They must be buying the sets too, because I think they, they like they're in Ap- Aptos right now, and they I think they just oh, got pulled in right with the second preview and all that stuff. So I, I think. So, hang on, what, what was that? They they just started on Aptos. I thought that they. I could be wrong, but I thought Schultz would know this, or maybe Frey would know this. But I, I thought they were not in the original set, and then they were one of a couple that pulled in after the preview net. Um, I think that's correct. I, I seem to remember that. Yeah. yeah. So I either either they are, and I, I don't know if that's, um, I don't know the the history of that because they, if you look at the preview net performance, they were like almost dead last, like almost dead last. Um, so it wasn't, it was not a, uh, um, 
uh, like, oh shit, we got to get you in here type of situation. I think from a performance side, but I, you know, I could be are wrong. They, are they like a big ETH validator or something? I don't know. Another ecosystem. I, yeah, I would they're, assume so. They're big in other ecos. They're like big pools. Solana, people. maybe was that what it was? There's there's something. I think they're in ETH. It, it's probably ETH too. Yeah. It, so anyway, but I think that's right. I think that's where that's coming from. I think there's a bunch of that that the kind of core. You know, they there's enough that's going on in those home ecosystems, but now you come to Cosmos and you know, you bring thirty grand to a chain and you have a, a decent delegation on some shit on some shit chain. Yeah. Right. So there's there's been a bit of that recently where I've been going to like physical meetups where they're more like uh I mean of course they're like ETH focused because it's like the biggest eco uh, outside of Bitcoin. And it's the biggest eco really, because Bitcoin doesn't seem to have like as coherent a community almost as ethereum like bitcoin is just like the meme and ethereum seems to actually have like an inverted commas a community although a lot of the people seem like they're quite like i work in commercial property and i'm into crypto therefore i hold some eth and some l2 tokens right that kind of is like like and like and i don't mean that like being a fucking penis like i know everybody like this is a hobby and it's like just kind of interested in it and cool like we all started just poking around the edges of it or whatever but that that kind of seems like the the average person that you kind of talk to at one of those meetups is somebody who has a professional job with a bit of extra income and they bought some right some l2 tokens around eth and they maybe hold a couple of ethereum there's that kind of the, the vibe but um yep, the yep, two yep. things that are really surprising about that well not surprising nobody has a fucking clue about any other ecosystem apart from ethereum like cosmos is like who dat um but also just like the mechanics of staking and stuff are really poorly understood because I guess in Ethereum, like although it is proof of stake now, the, most people don't really have to interact with that. And like liquid staking is maybe more commonly encountered than like the actual validator mechanics is not, most people don't have much of an exposure to it. Um, so that's really, really interesting. Like, because people you're like, well, Ethereum is proof of stake too. And people are just like, what's a validator? And you're like, it's a marketing company that it's a marketing company that <laughs> runs servers and shit. Uh, so we just all <laughs> there was there was yeah, but it's it's the other funny thing actually is people asking you, well, but how does a validator company make money? And you're like, it doesn't. Guesswork. <laughs> <laughs> good timing. Good luck. Not good timing because that would imply some element of skill. I think right time, right place, relationships. Yeah, relationships. It's, it's the it's the fucking artifact. It's the artifact approach, isn't it? Speaking of relationships, check out this fucking awesome thing that I have here. That looks like some check pretty that sweet out. merch. That's fucking hey. That is a fucking, not a fucker's fucking, swag. I love that, that shit. I love that the phrase spending all these hard-earned fucking contractor money on swag. I know. <laughs> I'm taking send that, me some. Taking the dollars right out of Jeff Bezos' Wait, pockets. This, <laughs> This swag Get, doesn't pay for itself. Give me a care package of swag all the way to Australia. It was nice. I got yeah. a couple. The phrase sent me a couple said, items in mail, and then he sent me a very nice note. The note is out with a handwriting analysis firm right now to figure out what the fuck actually it says, since maybe <laughs> by far the worst handwriting I've ever seen anywhere it's, by it's, anything. It's, it's a collection of favorite drill tweets. It is. It literally, it's like, it's like you, it was like you shoved a pen in your asshole and in just sat over the <laughs> sat over this thing okay. and just kind of wiggled your ass a little bit. It is chat ink through both my wife interior. and I, we both looked at it and then my, then, then my wife took, we well, had this huge bright light on it and I'm like, all right, here's some keywords that might be in there. 
<laughs> see, if can, see if you can actually use this. It's like, so we kind of Rosetta stoned it backwards. Like, all right, that's what an S looks like. And then we figured it backwards. And then now we figured out what the note was. And it was very nice. So, so you've built, built your own cipher. We did. It's, yeah. It's, it's very so, important. If it's like you, a, if I turn it into use, a font. <laughs> if you use pen and paper, like habitually to write with in client meetings, if you have a journal that's, 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 you know, pen and paper, it's yeah. very, very important for it to be essentially an unbreakable code just in of itself. It was man. It was, um, this was like, it, it I, was, I once I was in a, I was in a, I was in a meeting at a place I worked and um, I, this is when I abandoned using two colors to make my notes in meetings was um it was like some some tender thing like some preliminary thing and the the people that are come in microsoft whoever some integration company whatever they're, they're charging you a load of money for something you don't need um they said something <laughs> and apparently uh and and my 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 boss starts like basically kicking me under the table and, and like i look on my laptop and he sent me like a slack message or something has been like I can see the fucking red on your pad and everybody else can. And literally <laughs> just like, although my notebook was like right next to me on the table, I just written like what in all caps in red at the, at the bottom of the page. And you could like really like, like, all across the table. You could just see yep. like, just like what? And then like a metal gear solid style exclamation. Oh my God. And, and, and he was just like, good one mate just next time don't fucking use red and i was like okay no the red pen is going in the bin <laughs> like that's one of those consulting yeah. things too as you start using that shit and now it, the systems are a little bit better because they won't like show notifications when you when you're displaying and stuff but in, i remember in days we used to like a like a laptop up or something and then you get a notification like somebody in the room would say this is the most boring presentation i've ever seen and the, and the little it just come down the corner like bloop and everybody would see it with their name on it and you'd just be like oh my god <laughs> So just miserable. I saw that the other day at a thing where some where somebody got like the classic, hey, are you free? I've just tried to call you twice. And it's just like, yeah, they're in like a really important meeting, man. Right. Like, uh I mean, any meeting that I'm in is obviously gonna be pretty fucking important, let's face it. Because uh um but no, in answer to the care package question, I th- I'm pretty sure you have a signal message dated some fucking time ago where I said, What size are you? Medium. I think you're a medium, aren't you? Yeah, you said no medium. Although the, the Juno shirt was like on the limit of uh, what I can fit over my beer gut, so oh, so too 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 small. Yeah, just 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 so maybe whatever that was, just I think it was medium, medium. That was a medium, medium large now. Maybe UK is a small people. I don't know. I feel it's, like this is a medium or small jumper, and it seems <laughs> to fit all right. So. Are you well, US, US medium and, <laughs> and large and stuff are different from EU, UK, right? Large and jumper here means like it has footies on it and shit. <laughs> jumper, yeah, what? Sorry, footies. sweater, me fucking sweater, yeah. <laughs> me sweater. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe large, yeah, especially if it's a hoodie. I like a baggy hoodie. I mean, okay, probably, what the probably, fuck were we talking about? Like this? I wasn't gonna send you a hoodie, you fucking dick. <laughs> well, you just had to ask. You had to ask. Yeah. So is that so- is that it for chain launches this week? Anything else start? That's it, eh? Oh, I fuck think so. Neutron. Oh, there's that other. Wasn't that? Wasn't there some other weird one that there? There was. Is it? Is it Cosmos Chain that that humans AI thing we were talking about, where quite a few of us had just like weird approach from? Yeah, them. they're they're launching uh, next week, and that's that's launching soon, isn't it? That was the one where it was very like. We're going to launch a thing, and you should buy in. And you're like, okay, but well, what is the product you're launching? Mm-hmm. And um, hey, maybe they have a great product. Uh, uh-huh. I, I shouldn't. 
Shouldn't trash talk. Shouldn't trash talk. I'm just scared. Of, <laughs> you have to wait till it's released, then you can trash talk it. You can trash talk it after Genesis. After Mainnet. That's, that's the, right. That, so that's how it works. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh-huh. Um, that's correct. So, so yeah, they're, they're actually quite... We, a lot of chain launches, actually, in the Cosmos now. We're kind of... It is like, yeah, the, the bottom of the bear market, market launch strategy. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can't wait, right? I guess you have to... It's kind of like dollar cost averaging. Like if you're starting all this and you need revenue and you have to have some sort of start point. So, but it always surprises me that, that like it's a, and I think I asked you this as well. No, I always thought it was a bad time to start, but you said it was a good time to start when it's in the doldrums. Well, you don't want to be like at the peak of a, of a bear market, uh, of a, of a bull market. Bull. Cause then your, your token gets dragged down with everything when it inevitably shits the bed. If you sure. start the other way around, you can open with your, you know, you can hit your target um, market cap that you want, and then you've only really got one way to go. Yeah. When things turn around, um, you might like. There's no aggressive uh, tanking in a bear market. Like, there's not people out there who are just like aggressively selling the fuck out of everything. They're just like selling rewards for dick. So, <laughs> you know, once once the once the market turns, you want to be like. Well, you want to have runway to have your mark your 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 price go up. You you don't want to yep. like immediately shoot yourself in the foot with price go down. So yeah, and I guess if you can keep a, a decent token price at launch and you're not just sweating it out, that's a pretty yeah, good like piece a, wall, right? There's like a lot less participants in the um, yeah. in the ecosystem at the moment too, and I I think that like people have much lower expectations of what airdrops and shit should look like in a. So you can like dick people on the airdrop a little bit and you're like, use your 20 cents. Well, I was bitching like, about it today with that Neutron thing. Holy shit. There was like, I spent 20 minutes on this. I got 47 cents. <laughs> <laughs> but like the the aggressive selling as well as just like, oh, yeah. if your airdrop is too big, people will just sell the shit out of it into the floor. Yeah. Like I should have with Netta. Son uh, of a bitch. Ben, ben Davis. The... the the Juno has just been slowly being burned, but I have a theory about Juno that, like, the, I, I think that the main drag on Juno is airdrop recipients from ages ago. I think about I talked about it last week, but um, Evmos is probably mainly due to like a turn in sentiment because of that founder selling the fuck out of tokens. On it, but it wasn't that much, thing. right? It was like it was like sixty four thousand dollars. Like it wasn't yeah, like a ridiculous. I think it's the it's the fear usurper because he's got thirty four million tokens. Right, so right. No, I understand. I understand. Yeah, which is but I get. Yeah, which is like sold half a million or something. But I right. think that the fear, or he's trying to sell like half a million. But the fear is that he's like, well, he's out, so he's going to dump the fuck out of them. So yeah, it was like three hundred sixty. I think they had like I think it was like three hundred seventy five thousand dollars worth of tokens in the wallet or something like that. Which I mean, there, again, not nothing to sneeze at, and it's a big number. But there's also thin liquidity on osmosis with um, for sure. I mean, the thing point. about these numbers though is you got to remember that the height of Prop 16, like when when that kicks off, the amount of tokens into Kumi's wallet was 120 million dollars. Like, yeah. Right. So like sometimes when like I, I get that we're in a bear market, I get that there's a lot right. of fud. I get that people are like, "Oh shit, man!" Like, you know, somebody's got like a significant portion of the liquidity for a chain is locked up in one account, one founder, whatever. But like, 
I just can't like like I, I think I've I, my brain has been permanently broken by the combination of App Chain Winter and then the way that led into Prop 16. I just like if it's not 50 million dollars, I'm just like, oh, it's not that big a number, is it really? That and everybody, but they were grouping that guy with with like we were talking about Jake last week, but with Jake's numbers and that was like in the same sentence, like it's 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 these two are exactly the same. I'm like no, they're not. They <laughs> like are. These, num- and, these numbers are far away from each other. An order <laughs> of magnitude different. Like literally, like, like I know like, it's like quite literally three hundred sixty thousand sounds like a big, but it's not big compared to six point four. <laughs> like so we're doing some math here. Yeah, exactly. Um, but hey, you know the flip side. The flip side of this stuff is that, like, I think that the market is going to turn around at some point because that's like basic fucking economics. It will do. The question is, like, what what opportunities are going to be presented as we come out of that to actually build product that isn't completely shit? Like, yeah, let's be real. A lot of stuff now is basically on life support. Is basically oh, yeah. on hiatus. Like. You know, I howls on fucking hiatus at the moment because, like, you know, everyone's got day jobs; they got stuff to do. Like, you can't work on something for free when you also have a nine to five. You can you can justify putting off friends and family and doing other shit when something is paying a lot oh, yeah, harder. Right. Otherwise, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, more so for the other guys, I guess, because you know, I have a bit more leeway in in my week. But you know, the validator business fucking demands time and all this other stuff. You know. Um, but like I think a lot of projects, especially the ones that are kind of bootstrapped by devs and stuff, are, are in that kind of same weird space where there's a lot of pr- projects that are kind of potentially viable with users come back to the space. And I say m- often more users than investors, but the two are so muddled, aren't they? But the question is like, what what chains actually like? Like my my feeling is that the chains that are going to actually do well in the next bull are going to be the ones that actually have like, um, yeah, that kind of like use cases for users rather than money for investors. And like, you know, obviously token value will increase with users and utility. Mm-hmm. So the two can become conflated. But I think the the causal relationship is going to be from utility that ain't just DeFi first. But like, it's it's super weird to, to still be in this position where like, you know, we, we still have a lot of chains with a liquidity problem. Obviously, Bendy and Co. over at Atom, less of a fucking problem over there, lads, and we are jealous. But like, how you can try and position yourself well for when those things do turn around, and that's why like Atom Accelerator is a really good idea, right? Because that's what the goal of that program is, right? Mm-hmm. Position yourself well for the future. But like, it, it is hard to like. I mean, I guess this is if you knew how to do this, you would be a business genius, and therefore you wouldn't have to ask these questions, right? Is like, how do you position yourself well for the sentiment to change, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing is also management. Yeah. Well, the other thing also is like like what I've seen at least in some of these chains that are launching is like there's a lot of overlap that is existing between chains or you know better mousetraps type of idea and um and when you have three or four or five different platforms that do similar components for liquidity or other types of things. The, the user count has to multiply at the same rate as the number of platforms or each of those platforms make one a percentage of what they would have if they were the only platform to be able to provide that functionality. And so when you have three or four or five or six chains that are launching, they're all providing some sort of structured liquidity pool type of piece that are based on liquid staking or based on X, Y, or Z. If they're all doing kind of the same thing with some, there's only so many dollars that are flowing in and so that gets spread across. 
which means that the revenue is not there for each one of those. And then you have a, a higher propensity of them collectively failing. Right. And so I think we joked about this, like, I don't know, it was a bunch of, bunch of episodes ago, but like sometimes Cosmos, that's what they want. Like Cosmos would rather have six competing ideas all fail than one centralized idea succeed. And I, I kind of think that sometimes that might play out in some of these types of things, but I don't know. We'll see kind of where it goes. I think the biggest drag on, on the Cosmos ecosystem from that, like following on from that is that like the competition between communities is so fucked that no one wants someone else's shit to succeed. So they just shit on it. So, and try and bring the liquidity to their project. And I think collectively as an ecosystem, it's just fucking everything up. Yeah. And the, the only strong one really is, is Adam and it's got nothing. So. Well, but that's really, I mean, that's because it's early and it has like the dollars are in there. Right. But is, does that, it's not a functionality question there. Romer said that a good chance the number of the OG app chains fail already seeing a number of new gen app chains coming, which fix the issues we face with the OGs. Yeah. But repeat this ad infinium, right? So if there's always a new chain that does something that's a little bit more than what the existing one is <clears throat> and people run into it, then what you have is just a rolling wave of, of chains that, that kills the one previous. And so I, I, I agree with that. That's a, it's, it's kind of what I'm trying to say as well is, is like, like when there's this competition or there's a new one, a new version of X, Y, or Z. But if that's always there, then there's always a, there's always a pump and dump, right? Cause everybody bails out of the old one. They hop in the new one. It pumps up. You, you exit out, people lose money, people make money, it dies, you go to the next one and there's people holding on to the old OG chain because saying that we're, you know, I got a I mean, bag, you're kind of describing the stock right? market, but just in like a super accelerated way, because I mean, creative destruction is like the theory behind, um, you know, company creation and, 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 uh, and life cycle, albeit semi-discredited as an economic the, theory but the, nevertheless the, yes but that is also based on actual company performance and there's nothing here based on actual company performance well is the stock market always based on company performance some of it, quite a lot of Eve- eventually eventually it always is it just depends on the timeline of how much patience there is right which i which i agree which is similar to this it, it depends on what phase of your company, like a lot of new companies, the valuations are like speculative because yeah. they're pre, like uh, pre-generate, what, what would you call it? Like pre-revenue? Pre-revenue. pre-revenue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pre-revenue. But um, like established companies and especially like OG companies, all their valuations are based on like, you know, actual revenue Old and school, assets. Like regular like, shit, right? Yeah, like GE, GE's never, GE gets measured based on, how many fucking light bulbs and aircraft engines yeah. it makes, right? And, That's literally know, it. Like yeah. future valuations are done on like the the company's. Um, Bezos vision. said that too. Bez, be, like Jeff came out and actually said that in Amazon a bunch of times, where like he they never wanted to turn a profit because they always wanted to lose money because once you start turning a profit, then you're being measured, and if you're constantly losing, not losing, but like you're constantly investing back in, and you're raising, and you're you're growing. You're in that. You're in that. You're still in that mode to take over the earth, and nobody's gonna. Nobody's gonna question that because the future is always out there. Well, once right? you start making profit, you start paying tax too. <laughs> yeah, or you, or you, and you start getting measured on, on kind of core metrics, which nobody really wants to be measured on, right? No, you'd rather have like a speculative multiple of thirty. But that only goes for so long, right? It ha- eventually, 
I think it has to eventually, and for every one of these businesses, that 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 the the bell tolls, right? It might, some of those might take a long time, but Amazon the bell's tolling, right? Like they still look at it. I mean, if it wasn't well, for look, AWS, like that business would be in real trouble. It look would at, be a great place. Look at like uh, like Tesla is still like they're a proper company now that makes stuff and yep. just barely turn a profit on purpose, I think. But yeah, they're they're. Um, their price is still way speculative compared to yes. what their revenue is. Yes. And that I think that's still on the promise of like self-driving fleet of fucking share cars. I also yeah. think they're like the superchargers are a huge moat. That that is such that was like it's so yeah, difficult yeah. to compete with that. Um big brain idea, that shit. That that is such a freaking moat, man. Uh, but now they're starting to open it up, which is which I think is the US I think it's the US government forcing that a little bit, but because um, I think also in maybe mainland Europe, I think they lost an anti-competition. Oh, do they? Thing that might I might have imagined that, but I think there was like an anti-competition thing in yeah, not just in the US, but I think several regulators have been like, uh, not sure about that, lads. I don't remember exactly what it was in the US, but I think it was it was something related to the the the, the seventy five hundred dollar tax rebate exists in the US still, but that's only for cars that are sourced in the United States, like built in the US. So Tesla is one of the very few ones like Rivian and whatever else that are made here. Um, but I thought part of that was based and the the breakout of what dollar amount car was always under, um, like it had to be a below a certain amount or above a certain amount. I forget what exactly what it was. But I think the opening of the supercharger was a negotiation point around changing that structure. So that means Tesla can sell a Model 3 with a 7,500 discount um, for less money and be ex- much more competitive, but they have to open up the superchargers. So, like, which is actually, I mean, good for the federal government. For that's a good, that's a good way to break down that mode too. Yeah, be smart. Yeah. Um. So I guess like the other thing, I you kind of think. Uh, well, I kind of like one of my big things about why all this tech is interesting, particularly smart contracts, is the ability to build like arbitrary incentive systems. And it, like in those in those cases, like where you're building an economic system, maybe you do want a token, right? Because it's a little bit like going to a seaside amusement arcade. You want to play Time Crisis 2, you've got to get some tokens, right? Um, they're not worth anything when you leave the amusement arcade. You can only play Time Crisis 2 with them, but you need them. Then they're just like a, you know, a, well, token, right? Um, and you can build all sorts of incentive systems around that, but eventually you've got to cash them back out to real money. And it's that kind of it's this it's it's the point where there's not an expectation from users that you need to recycle the imaginary money back into actual exchangeable workable currency that is i think the problem with a lot of these systems because people are just entering into a chain and sort of an imaginary economy with a ma- often imaginary utility and then holding and that kind of speculative cycle occurring over and over and over and over and over again is actually like incredibly detrimental to not only the idea that those could be functioning economies, but also that they could build utility of their own. And so I'm almost like one of the things I've been sort of interested in recently, and this is obviously there are other ways of breaking this down, like Rama and Ben are talking in the chat about atomic swaps and um, like essentially more fungible assets via IBC. I've, also obviously been reading a lot of stuff recently about cbdc's and there's some really interesting models around digital cash where specifically things are cash like as in you know they they are semi-anonymous at the point of, of of having them um they're issued to you and then they're recycled after use so there's no account 
abstraction, again, for privacy reasons. And I think there's some quite interesting things about that model, which mean that the the fungibility of the asset is completely derived by the fact that at some point, uh, and this is also how you regulate it, by the way, because we're talking about regulated CBDCs, is that at some point you need to go to a money services business, as we, as we call them, I, th- I assume they're called a similar thing in the States, or a bank, and you say, I have five imaginary internet pounds um here you go and they go great and they literally recycle them and they're gone from circulation and that though those those unique ids will never be seen again that mm-hmm. business can issue them because on their internal ledger they know how many there are and somewhere you know all of those money services businesses have a ledger they know how many coins is the max supply but the number that are in supply obviously is not always the max, right? So they mm-hmm. they recycle them, they reissue them. But that kind of it, it kind of leads you to an interesting situation where you go, okay, well, if you're going to take this regulator thing, right, and then go send it via IBC, what are you going to do? Well, your IBC client situation is probably going to be a recycler of some kind by the same me- measure, right? Because you you're always going to have to reissue and recycle the tokens out of use. When they move out of use, they always have to be recycled. So you start looking at the situation where you can move a representation into a different ecosystem, but the way its fungibility works is totally different. And then you're like, is it even the same asset anymore? And what happens if you bring it back out of that other ecosystem into the other one, and then it it gets issued to you, but then you can't recycle it into fiat? There's just these, I, I think like as soon as you start thinking about, okay, at some point you need real money, like, and maybe all of this what? stuff we're doing maybe all of this stuff we're doing is the equivalent of a vast network of seaside amusement arcades and we're just <laughs> validating different versions of time crisis maybe you know juno's time crisis 2 the classic maybe um i don't know stargazer's time crisis 3 pretty good but some of the missions weren't as good as time crisis 2 i don't know what time crisis 4 is answers in the comments the the point is that we we have this vast amusement arcade right and we have all these tokens to play all these different games but at the moment or we we don't want to play time crisis because apparently we're we're weird we're an old lady this actually might be discriminatory towards old people whatever they voted brexit i don't care um um (laughs) i'm gonna go play the two penny machine and try and win some two pennies Although that doesn't make sense because that's already fiat currency. Okay, I'm going to go try and win, win a prize on one of those ticket machines where you get a load of tickets, and I want to turn those back into cash, but uh-huh. I can't. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird. So I, I don't know. I feel like we're kind of in, in that situation, but there's no way of ever taking your money and leaving half the time because all of those all of those use cases, like the important thing is the economic system, not the, not the fucking currency you're doing it in. If it was all USDC, I think it would be fine. I think that's the thing maybe that Terra got right. The more I think about it, anniversary of the terror collapse. Yeah, for the now, average, right? yeah, for the average user, maybe the stable coin is the fucking universe brain idea. Like maybe that is the thing. That's the thing that ties it all together. Is is the stable coin? Is the CBDC? And you just enter into for a very short period of time to use a particular use case. You enter into the economic system of a chain to do the activity you want to do as a user, and then you exit straight back into. A representation of fiat whether that's mm-hmm. then recycled however the fungibility mechanism works whether it works like digital cash whether it works like something else i don't, I don't know i'm just i don't know i'm just beginning yeah. to think that like every chain having its own token is 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 maybe not even necessary like or, or if it's necessary it's only necessary in a very short term way to do a really specific thing as a user 
um or it's or it's time boxed by the 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 length of time of the thing because you know staking liquid staking it's like a bond isn't it it's like a bond or it's like getting um my point is derivatives and things exist like that in the in the in the wider financial world they do but then you you do you have a t- period of time like an isa is a good example or, or a savings account where you can't withdraw straight away but but i guess even those are denoted in 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 fiat aren't they 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 don't have like a such a flexible value so i i don't know it's it's really interesting because there's there's obviously something super compelling about the tech i think the ability to program money is just so revolutionary but mm-hmm. there's just this there's this i think there's this increasing disconnect in in, in my head between like the the actual the payments the fact that none of this shit works for payments well i mean that's we talked about that last week right that's a keep we keep shuffling tokens around in these uh complex defi ways but the utility of those has to be there at some point right like there has to be to your point like whether that's payments or something similar to that like there has to be something that's beyond just shuffling a to b and back and forth and blah 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 so i mean uh if you look at it from the perspective of the real world like companies don't have their own token right <laughs> and they do just fine maybe we should be building systems where we actually do use like a common stable and then build the the revenue models out from that but I mean, that would affect the whole get rich on launch thing, right? With founder tokens, founder bags. Well, and companies do have their own token, right? It's called like shares. Um, it, but I, I don't know. I would push back against the idea that a lot of chains don't need their own tokens. I think that I think there's an argument to be made that they don't, but I think there, there's more argument to be made that they do. In my opinion, one of the coolest things you know crypto is good for is um, is funding open source. And so if you are funding open source through tokens, like there's kind of like two arbiters there, right? So you got, you know, a currently working example, which would be um, like BAT, the basic attention token, right? You can pay open source contributors through BAT, um, but then you have to go through them as an arbiter, them being like the the BAT protocol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ben Davis said tokens are just the way we all get rich and go to the beach. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's right. Which is why all, all chains need one. Uh-huh. <laughs> but funny. I mean Noble doesn't have its own token really. Like technically it does, but it's not issued. I don't know. Noble's kind of in a weird does state it have, anyway. Does it have its own? Is it yeah. it's not USDC, is it? Like you know, there's there's a Noble no, token. No, they don't really have like a token token. I think every validator just has like one token and then there's no inflation. It's just anything. to create blocks, right? Is that really what it is? Yeah, yeah but it's just an even set. Uh, but um, you know, isn't Noble's basically probably well, it's just kind of like a share, price, isn't it? The USDC. Noble one, because it's like a it's like a share. It's almost like an NFT. Because if you don't have the token, you can't be a validator. So implicitly, the token is like a stake in ownership. It's like proof of stake and like a really was well, not it's not distributed proof of stake or decentralized proof of stake or any of the the DP the D's that can be in DPoS. It's almost like a pure. I have have no idea about Noble or how it works, but from the outside looking in, it looks a lot like they selected some partners that are probably going to be, I'm assuming, paid IRL outside of the crypto world, and that that chain exists solely for the security of the USDC. So I'm pretty sure they tightly will control those fucking handful of tokens that are there so that they can control who's providing security to that chain. 
Because yeah. Circle Circle make fucking shitloads of money. They don't they don't need like a token. They're already rich. They just need like a highly secured chain that they fully one hundred percent control. Right? They don't they don't care about the token. No, they're they're no they they want use. Right? So they want to they want to lower barriers of use. That's that's what they are. Right? So this is a this is a lowering the barrier of use. Right? Like nobody wants to go through bridges and bullshit. Right? So I mean, to be fair to like USDC and and Circle, like I mean. I've had almost no luck using their services and I think they're shit, but, um, caveat. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> but, um, at least like there is a weird situation, which their profit motive, um, is pretty well aligned with providing a good that is actually <laughs> pretty well needed. The question is whether or not they, are actually backed in the way that they say they are because there are just so many fucking asterisks around USDC. Like there is no way I would have that on the company books for more than an hour or two. Absolute top end. But the the same was with USDT as well, and they sort of just kept all this shit quiet for a while. And man, they were everyone was calling the rug card on USDT like back in. They 2017 were. when they yeah. when they launched everyone was just fucking all over those poor bastards and everyone was yelling at them about um you know audits and all this type of stuff and then when they finally released reports with them having non-cash yeah. assets everyone was fucking pissed and now they're turning like i don't know if they were rolling the dice they seem like pretty solid um investments to me but now they I think they posted a profit of like $1.4 trillion or something like that. Or billion? Billion dollars? Probably billion. It would be billion, not trillion. Yeah, yeah. trillion's a lot. Uh, no, $1.4 mm-hmm. I think, is what they, they posted as a profit. So, you know, now they're building a war chest. I think they're yeah. fine. Presumably USDC have the same strategy. When they launched those things back in like the day, 15, 16, 17, wherever it was, I, I, I thought it was fucking genius. You're taking like everyone's money – you're not paying them any interest and you're you're taking that money and investing it like it, it could there couldn't be and like in large volumes they could and right. presumably those businesses didn't actually need that much startup capital because once you create the system then all you really need is investment bankers <laughs> so yeah i it's it's a winner of a of a um idea and you know, I would happily have USDC and USDT on my book. I, I don't think they're anywhere near failure. The, the baffling thing to me, right, about USDC is how, I mean, I get systemic risk. Systemic risk and contagion are the, are the, are the actual answer to what I'm about to say. That's the reason why you say, Frey, you're a fucking idiot. Okay, amongst <laughs> other things. But I also still kind of don't understand why a major government with a, a currency that is traded extensively on forex markets dollar euro yen pound something like that doesn't look at usdc and just go fuck man we could literally spin up a fucking chain tomorrow and literally just tell a bunch of banks get four or five banks that are big that are the kind of banks that if they were looking like they were going to fail the government would bail them out anyway and just say to them, look, you guys have, you know, because of how um, um, MMT works, like you guys know what your credit line is in terms of the amount of currency you can issue, right? Take mm-hmm. 5% of that liquidity for now. We'll ramp it up every year by 5%. Take 5% of that liquidity 
um, and allow it because, you know, again, the, the recycling model for digital cash is not that like a squint and it's not that different to how, you know, credit lines and extension work in terms of actually expanding the credit base of, of how much money is in an economy, right? So you could just say to them, look, look issue 5% of your liquidity via credit as imaginary money, internet money um, and it's out there in the world until it returns to you. You know, uh, and we'll, we'll we'll count it as kind of out there and, and liquid until we see it come back in and, and get recycled or reissued or however that works. Um, and then if that works, we'll increase it to we'll we'll, we'll increase it to ten percent next year. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to use all of that you know percentage. But that's the amount that we'll let you play with. And it would be fucking wildly profitable. Of course, it would. Like, and and also, like, I hate to point out the fucking obvious as well. Like, from from a, I guess like a a purchasing power question but like as somebody who lives in a country that's currency got completely fucked by bad decisions by old people and politicians a few years ago if you want your currency to become more in demand a really fucking great way would be to increase its utility by embracing like you know a massive emerging market and just start dipping your feet into it over maybe a five-year period and just like give it a bit of liquidity see what happens give it a bit more liquidity. You've got this like network of issuing credit already. Like that's exactly how modern financial systems work. Like you you're already issuing imaginary money. This is just a different kind of imaginary money. That's that's the thing I always I, I kind of don't understand. You look at how wildly like profitable on paper at least something like circle is. And I would be looking at that as a central bank and going, "Fuck man, this could really help our balance of payments if we like, you know, or our purchasing power of our currency." less of an issue for the euro because they obviously have huge problems with the different disparity of the economies within the eurozone so like maybe they just don't need any more fucking headaches and and i appreciate the ecb might just be like fuck no fine but like the uk is in a fucking position where we need degen options on the table fucking quick so it's no surprise that the bank of england is is like doing feasibility studies on this stuff but but I mean like Circle's done the feasibility study for them, which is Circle isn't even backed and people trust it. It's not even backed. Like we all know it's not backed. It's not really. They say they're backed. Well, it's some part of it is backed. Some yeah, right. part of it is backed, but we all know it's not fucking backish. Backed. It's not backed by a government with a fucking aircraft carrier. No, the point it's not. Is, it is not. You're backed by an aircraft carrier. Worst case scenario. Or or an old man with a with a gold crown. <laughs> you know, worst case scenario, you melt down the crown jewels, you pay your debts. Right, right. Or you just go invade Finland or something. That worked really well for the Soviets, <laughs> I hear. Uh, actually, of course, you wouldn't invade Finland. That's a really bad idea. You always lose a winter war in Finland. You invade Norway because they've got oil and the majority of their population centers are on the coast. Um, Smart. Although Never they would be into the interior and then wage a guerrilla war and then you'd be back to square one. Mm. NATO's not good at guerrilla warfare is, or, or counter counterinsurgency, I think, is the conclusion there. So I, I, my money would be on the Norwegians. How, what kind of, what kind of diatribe did you just go on? I, it was like 22 like, minutes. I'm going to have to cut that down to like 45 seconds. You started you monologuing. You started to become <laughs> sand, syndrome from yeah, yeah. the Incredibles. We got to go, go longer tonight because I got to, I got to cut out in, 20 minutes. Yeah. In, in <laughs> the, in the potty. In the potty, there's just going to be like this director's cut, and it'll be that, like that, that. usurper just stepping in and go, Let me just <laughs> fucking, uh, like you know, hey, summarize uh, the following 45 minutes rhino on the following networks. <laughs> I'd play a thing, but I know we get YouTube banned for it, so I can't do it. We haven't played anything this epi, epi that Switch. will like 
make your life difficult in the cut room. Maybe, maybe we need to wake up our audience. Oh, Schultzy, tell us what was going on with uh, a new berry. There's a new berry, right? Yeah, but I think it's still on the hush hush. So we'll have to go with the next week. Oh, is it? I thought there was a GitHub it, on wasn't it. Wasn't it on Twitter? It, was, it wasn't on Twitter. Uh, anyway, maybe no, it wasn't I know what you're talking about. This is hush hush. No, it's not. It's on it? the, the, no, no, the it is not hush hush. I was just <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. You said you step it. Oh, you're full of shit because sometimes, like, sometimes you step gets up in a hurry from his chair when he's had a couple of drinks. He gets a little bit of a head rush and he's just like I just saw it on a public forum. I was just I clicking do. around like an asshole. Yeah, they, they they've mentioned the name of it, but they've only released binaries for fixes as far as I've seen. You don't actually see source code for for what the what the issue is. I don't give a shit about that. Just tell us what <laughs> We're not going through source code on this thing. Just <laughs> tell us the details of the problem. Just, man. How do I exploit it? And can I make any money? How can I make some money? <laughs> it's called Huckleberry. That that's that's the new Who one. Who picked that? Who who's responsible for that? That's yeah, cool. I don't know. Very formal. Ben, ben, you need to join in and tell us. Who picks that shit? That's awful. I don't know about these berries. I'm I'm kind of sick that's of berries. They're a lot of work. We should we should do like uh, they should do after the nuts. Like they should do what Harlan Pepper did. Macadamia nut, cashew nut. Imagine if, the, imagine if the imagine if the people nut. who were having these exploits disclosed to them or discovering these ex- exploits nut. were actually assholes. We'll all be broke now. <laughs> Pistachio. Well, I think a lot of us already are broke. So what if just one of these teams that like they're working with to patch were like, oh, wait a minute. I see what I can do with this. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. kind of what happened. But. Yeah. The honest answer is that a lot of the pa- a lot of the bugs are hard to exploit so people can't exploit them the cosmos sdk is inherently complex and like the number of people that have the knowledge to exploit these things in the time frame available is relatively small so the ones that you see out in the wild are usually chain halts because that's like the easiest way to lock up the sdk but it obviously funds are safe anyway and then on a couple of occasions where somebody has successfully exploited, the chain's usually patched itself to roll back that change in the ledger. Chain just became sentient, patched itself. Well, no, but like chains have literally stopped and corrected like particular smart Airdrops. contract exploits and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like literally happened. <laughs> People have just changed the the ledger to say the attacker didn't have the funds anymore. That, that that definitely happened, didn't Attacker. it? Was it, it Evmos <laughs> or, or Osmosis? That was a. Uh, I think it was Osmosis, right? Uh, that's why Secret Two from Secret Two to Secret Three, um, the Secret Swap was hacked, and the hackers pulled all the liquidity out of Secret Finance, and they couldn't figure out how to bridge it back to ETH. So it, the chain was able to be <laughs> shut down. <laughs> the chain was able to be uh, shut down before they could bridge out. <laughs> But so I have very bad fact. I got actual USDC on Juno, but it's bridged through Stargaze. I don't know how to get this shit out of here. I'm four IBCs away. What do I do? Fuck this is shame. Spaghetti IBC. That's yeah. a, <laughs> they got spaghetti IBC. Maybe that. Maybe that's that's the security we need. Just spaghetti IBC all this shit away. I gotta go through what? I don't understand this shit. That's Bitcoin hilarious. rolled back. What? So we can't no. talk about Huckleberry. That's the only piece of Cosmos thing we talked about this whole freaking podcast. Can't talk about it. Yeah, can't talk about it. I think there's even only one or two chains that have released an update for it. So all I heard was that it was minor 
and it it will be patched. That's so all I heard. It's minor I, well, chains. Yes. Um it's it if if we were a year down the line, it would probably not be minor. And I think the bed would have been shat. But as it is What would time most, have to do with it? What's that? What does time have to do with it? Um I'm not going to say because it would probably actually reveal the exploit. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, well what's interesting too about All this is they're based on time. <laughs> Are they is that put that in the drill tree? It's book. almost like state is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> time is always the problem because fucking eh? when it finds its way into the uh into the state machine, everyone gets different hashes, don't they? Time. Time goes by differently on different machines. By any source of, any source of non determinism. Mm. Yeah. I already don't so care. So I, I have a fun story that's like not Huckleberry related, but uh <laughs> <laughs> are there fun stories that are Huckleberry related? Yeah. Uh, I, actually, you know what? I can throw in a fun story Huckleberry related. All right. My Love wedding cake. You fucking what? fuck my story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Hold on. I need to. <laughs> your story's because next. you asked a question, you thought it was rhetorical, and it's not because I can answer it. <laughs> and it wasn't Sorry. a question. It was a fucking statement. It was a segue. With a and I am throwing it right under the bus <laughs> so that I can say what I want to <laughs> say. I like it. My uh, my wedding cake is going to be almond like caking and then huckleberry cream on the inside. Oh, nice! That's the wow. fun bit. Wait, wait, wait. Now what you can tell your story. Cosmos all What's the way through. Huckleberry cream. Uh, it's I don't know huckleberries and it's got like a buttercream mix. Wait, what the fuck? Huckleberry is a real thing? Like is a berry? Yeah, I think I it's, a, it's, it's like a it's like a blackberry, but yeah, but not but not but not. So is dragonberry. I thought huckleberry was just the huckleberry Finn, which is the guy you know. No, book. you silly Sally. So whenever in Tombstone, whenever <laughs> we're silly Sally, <laughs> Christ, silly uh, Sally. Yeah, we no, Huckleberry is a real thing. It's very good. I like them a lot. All right, in the so, show notes. All right, you're. I, I guess mean, that, that, you have that a story. A bunch of questions. Like, aren't you already married? How can you get a light fucking wedding cake? Well, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I am already married. Um, because we eloped. But we eloped with like her side of the family. So like we did have a kind of like a, we went to the park and signed the papers uh, and we're yeah. like, all right, we're married. And now we're doing my side of the family and we're going to have also some of her family. So we're going to do a little, a little more for this. They know. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody knows this is, everybody knows this is. Uh, <laughs> Everyone this is, thinks okay. it's like, this is the real thing. Does yeah. anybody think they're showing up to an actual wedding or they, I mean, it's a what? I don't mean, that, that, that sounded bad. But do they think like you're, that you are not married? Or is anybody, everybody showing up knows that you're married? Everybody knows we're married. Yeah, okay. for sure. Right. Well, and it's also like an excuse to get house st- stuff done because we're just going to have it in our backyard. So like I've got oh, cool. my deck that needs rebuilt. And so instead of, you know, putting money towards, I don't know, a venue or whatever, we're just going to have a backyard and then I'm going to rebuild my deck with said difference. You should have your wedding at your house and then just invite free labor over. Oh, that that's what's happening. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> it's a lot of work to have a wedding at your house. So, But it's not going to be a full actually, wedding. It's just going to be like a... Huckleberry oh, ceremony, really. So, working bee. Apparently, a Huckleberry deck, is a bilberry, though I can't remember I've ever eaten a bilberry. Um, yeah. But uh, the there are some, it, it has some dialect names uh, in English, which I guess is when people went over to America. Uh, it was called a hurtleberry, which presumably is how Huckleberry a what? comes what? out of it. Say it one more time. Or a hortleberry. Huck. Hortleberry with a W. Hortleberry. Hortleberry. Okay. The phrase is like deep in research now. 
not knowing what a huckleberry was. I was deeply <laughs> I disturbed by not. I mean, like, I'm not great at plants and and whatnot. I'm okay at trees sometimes. <laughs> um, like, like I get really confused by what's a lime tree and what's a beech tree, and that. Put put that on your Twitter profile. I'm not great at plant, but I'm pretty good at trees. I'm pretty good at trees. Like, yeah. But then, like, things like a lot of trees, like classic English hedgerow trees, are really like quite obvious a lot of the time what they are. Um, I guess the problem is like Americans, you've got so many good trees. Like, you, you do have like quite a lot of unspoiled nature. Whereas, like in the UK, you're like, well, loads of things are fucked. Bird populations fucked, but lots of no, ancient there's oaks. There's a lot of ancient oaks. There's a lot of fucked here too because we get a lot, we're getting a lot of like beetles and shit from Asia, which I'm sure you guys are as well. But we get a, we get a lot of lanternflies and feral hogs. Uh, no, well, not around us, but yeah, they're around. That's good like eating. down south, isn't it? That's good eating and west. Yeah. Good eating with the feral. Good eating. We we have we have a problem where we have too few feral hogs generally in Europe. I don't think that's a problem. We have a problem of too few feral wolves, in my opinion. You know I what? Mean, no, I retract that. It's not an opinion. It's fact. <laughs> we have too few feral wolves as well, but you need the you need the wolves and the hogs because the the basically a lot of tree saplings take root because they take root where um, hogs, um, well, not hogs. You see, um, wild boar, or depending on your country, they they were actually different sub. Well, it doesn't matter, but like <laughs> they. they they disturb the okay. soil, which allows the tree saplings to actually take root, and then large herbivores like big cows, like or predecessors of the modern cow, like tread the the, the saplings or the seeds into the ground, uh, and then they poo, obviously, because they're big herbivores, and then the poo fertilizes the trees, and that's how you end up with like ancient woodland, basically, and that's why, like, um, yeah, it, you just don't get a lot of that kind of old that regrowth into what would be like really a healthy kind of woodland ecosystem without the combination of hogs and large herbivores. Um, but it's also how you can get like quite, I mean, it's obviously very low intensity farming, but it's how you can also get like quite sustainable beef and stuff like that. It's by um, combining hog uh, hogs. I keep saying feral hogs now. I just want to say feral hogs, but like uh, I gather anyway, that's how you would do it. Um, I think the, the things like in the Netherlands and stuff, they've done a lot of studies on this sort of stuff. Well, similarly, like a lot of people don't appreciate how destructive a lot of herbivores are. Like if you go and kind of fall like a herd of elk, man, they annihilate everything that they come past. Entire hillsides will just be destroyed. So like you'll see a lot of environmentalists being like, oh, we got to save the elks and the deers. Um, meanwhile, they're not understanding that like we need predators for them too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're like the argument is that we don't need wolves because we need to protect the deers and, and, the, and the elk. But they're so destructive that like having a balance or a check um, would help the situation and hunters long story, um, but there aren't enough hunters. So they're not able to, to make that, that difference. Yeah. Well, we, we have that We have so many deer and deer parks in, in the UK and then they, they literally, they literally would die in winter. So every year there's deer cull because otherwise their, their populations are too big to survive. So they just get killed. And it's like one of the most, you know, as a result, it's really sustainable meat. If you do want to eat meat, you just go after a deer car and you're like, hey, venison, fuck it. it's relatively cheap, it's organic, and it's they literally would die anyway. But the problem is that the deer population is actually too big anyway. So, um, yeah, anyway, fun with deer. I think we've covered the gamut. This Cosmos, Cosmos Validator <laughs> podcast. Welcome well, to Game of Notes. Yeah, right. What the I fuck? think Noel had a story he wanted to tell, and he's been looking very impatient up in the corner. I thought you told it. Ah, fucking time passed. <laughs> <laughs>
Let but, me tell uh, you a story hey, about like a version. Uh, didn't didn't Penumbra or Numbra? Didn't uh, didn't they uh, have the like stable test net now or something instead of like doing a new test net every week? I saw yeah, an announcement about Numbra. I think it came out today, and I think this was their official launch of their private DEX, because that's what Penumbra is, right? It's effectively a private DEX for the start. Um, and t- I think today was the start of the... Um... Shielded swaps now execute against the first complete version of Numbra DEX engine. Is it Penumbra or Numbra? Penumbra. Penumbra? Yeah, Penumbra, because it's P-E-N, not P-N. Uh, yeah, so it looks like they're... <laughs> Firing on all cylinders. I mean, it could have been a silent P for fuck's sake. <laughs> well, no, PM, but typically, PM. it's only a silent P if it's P, then immediately followed by N. If there's a vowel in between, then you pronounce the vowel. But there isn't a P. I didn't major in like it's fucking pen, English. It's P E N umbra. Oh, it is P E N. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah, so it's penumbra. Okay, so if there's no E, then we're we're talking silent P situation. Well, also because like well, they're, they're optical phenomenon, aren't they? So there's umbra and penumbra. So you can you can you can infer that pen is probably. I'm, I'm get. I actually don't know this, but I would strongly guess that pe- the pen is the is a, is a Latin um, uh, pre- modifier to describe the difference between umbra and penumbra, like the bit around. Um, and therefore, pen will be pronounced the Latin way, which would be hard letters because it's like just like Latin, generally Latin things. Like, there's not a hard and fast rule. It's been a long time since I did since I did Latin at school, but like they generally like very hard sounds, aren't they? So if you're going to pronounce it like like Caesar, like we always say Caesar, but it's actually Kaiser, isn't it? Is is how it would be pronounced in Latin? So if you see P E N, you're like well, it's probably pen rather than like any softer way of putting it. Um, Hey, the uh, or like or like quasar and quasar, quasar. It's not quasar, <laughs> probably. Or they uh, is qu- would quasar be Greek? I don't know. Uh, Answers in the comments. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't like, like and subscribe for the answer next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll look up word word histories. Uh, what's that? Et- etymol- I always get mixed up between the one that's bugs and the one that's word history. Etymology. Yeah, oh, that's etymology. Word. That's word history. Oh, is that? Oh, shit. Of course, you'll see. Fuck. All right. Etymology is so, cool. All right. So, on our agenda for this week, we are 90 or 60, 80 something minutes in. We've not talked about Huckleberry. We've not talked about anything else. We have talked about deer population. We've ignored null stories. We've shit on the cosmos mostly. Is there anything else? Did we miss anything? Etymology is bugged. That's what I thought. Thanks, Funky. Um, uh, anything else to add? We ranked the tool albums as well. That was pretty- <laughs> that's true. That's, um, so I think that, another, that was pre-show. Another, We're talking about tool pre-show. Another thing <laughs> worth bearing in mind is that is some people have taken MIDI transcriptions of tool and run them through the N64 sound engine. Oh yeah, we should put. I'll put those a couple of those um, in the show notes. Too. It's really good. So you can go find your favorite tool album and listen to it in N64 mode. I'm going to put it out there and say that I think. Lateralis reveals its true genius as the best tool album through its N64 version. And I cannot get enough. It was I can't get enough of the parabola. Ten thousand days on that on that little thing was really good too though. Yeah, I feel like one of the tra- the Ryan two or maybe the pot was pretty decent. Also the, the pot, if you've never seen have you ever seen the John Q cover version, the drummer? No. Where he's just like like a like a geologist or something. He uploads really occasional drum covers to YouTube. Like 
once a year or something for songs that he really wants to learn and there's a great video a few years ago where he was just like the pot is pretty much tool's hardest song in my book Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try and learn it and he learns it it in films is it really it's there's a couple of bits of very complicated compound time is my understanding like in that bit in the middle and so just getting the timing nailed is just super hard and also all of the just the fact it is also very technical um but the combination of all the polyrhythms and um there's, there's a reason why he's called the octopus. That's all I'm saying. I like Carrie. There, there's basically Game's a moment where the, the polyrhythms largely end and you're on the home straight of the song. It's just after the breakdown. And this video is amazing because like obviously you, you you don't know watching the video. Like I, I happened to have watched his the making of thing before I watched the video. So I knew he'd it'd taken him like a hundred hours or whatever to learn this. And he had done like 40 takes of it. Or some like it was and he was like, this is the last take. I can't do this anymore. And he gets to the point where it's like there's the one more bit of the breakdown to do, and then you're on the home straight. If you get through that, you're going to get through the rest of the song. And it looks like he's about to fuck it, and then he just he, he just gets back control, pushes on through the breakdown bit, and you see his face he, the second he realizes he's done it. And then there's a there's a moment where you have like I think it's like literally uh, two to three beats rest or something. It's when the and then there's one two three four but 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 that that it's it's really similar to the the break in parabola actually, which I hum there and it's not the same riff, but it is a similar break figure. And he just he just goes for it, yolos and fucking flips his drumsticks. Like he, and you're just like, because you're just like he's gonna fuck it up, and he, but that obviously doesn't. It's just amazing. But it's just like one of the most pure moments of enjoyment I've seen from any musician ever. And it's it's worth watching that video just for the moment where he realizes he's done it. He realizes he's done it, and then he decides to gamble and throws his drumstick anyway. And then he's through it, and he, he does actually finish it. And you're like, fucking hell, man! I would have not have thrown that drumstick. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. Sounds like yeah. a true DJ. And he should probably be a validator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Smallballs wouldn't throw the drumstick. 